And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of Red Side Le Trent, where we come to you for our last one of 2023 and we sign off with a jubilant 2-1 victory over Manchester United. Forest's first victory against the Red Devils since 1995 and first at home, I think, in 31 years or something obscene. No more. We have a full house here at Red Side Le Trent as I'm joined by Adam Wicklow, Reese Lane and Lee Clark. And chaps, let's dive in. So Lee, we'll start with you, we'll start with the team. Um, there were two changes. Obviously, Yates came in for Sangare. We all knew Sangare was going to be out because he's suspended. But um, the more surprising one, I think, was Nicolas Dominguez coming on the left wing for hudson Adoy, um, which we were all very confused by. We weren't sure whether we changed formation. We weren't sure if Gibbs White was back on the wing. We weren't sure whether Delillo was going to play on the left. Ultimately, it turned out to be Dominguez. But what did you make of those two changes? Um, yeah, I think, as you say, we were going to always have one change. Um, I think everyone anticipated it'd be uh, Mangala coming back in. Um, but again, as we said on the last pod, it's three games in such a short space of time. And of all the outfield players we've got, I think Mangala's probably played more minutes than most. So probably just monitoring his uh, game time with a bit of caution. Um, I think personally, he put Dominguez in purely because of his work rate. I think he knew that we'd probably have to match United um, off the ball. Um, certainly not give them any kind of real impetus to go forward and get Rashford involved uh, with his pace. So I think putting him there, he's probably just a little bit busier than Mangala. Um, but yeah, it was a bit intriguing that he was kind of utilised more on the left. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it worked for us. So it's one of those things. I think another thing as well is the other winger we've got is hudson Adoy. Obviously, he's just come back from injury as well. Um, was it a little bit too quick to ask him to play from the off again? Possibly that was in his thinking as well. So, yeah, it was probably a, an intriguing one, but um, 
thankfully it was one that that came off for us. Definitely, yeah. I do kind of wonder whether that was sort of done with the idea that United might be starting Hoyland up front, and it would be either Galacho or or it would be Galacho in that case against uh, Dominguez, Argentinian, Argentinian. But obviously, it turned out that it'd be Anthony on the right against Dominguez. It's probably good news for Dominguez. Really, a very little to do, really. But um, Reese, the first half sort of passed by without much incident really not a lot happens I mean obviously Dominguez had a shot that was blocked well blocked by Varane I suppose Varane nearly had scored an own goal more ish it looped off his half eye um I guess United had one shot on target that was deflected it wasn't really gonna trouble Turner it was pretty it was very sort of solid first half it was like a chess match but in the second half it did start to open up obviously United took uh, Mainu off for McTominay and we started to be a bit bolder and naturally some space opened up as a result of that. I suppose one of the key flashpoints being when, I'm glad you mentioned it before we went on air actually, was when Gibbs-White was very clearly fouled right front of the lines when nothing happens. Retaliates by flying into McTominay. Retaliates again by flying into Evans winning the ball on both occasions and then gets booked for his troubles. But what did you make of that incident? And at that point, were you a little worried that we'd had another ref that maybe lost control? Yeah, I'll start with the first half. It was very much the analogy of kind of the first round of a boxing match. Once it both kind of boxers were weighing each other up and seeing what each was going to offer. And from our perspective, it was kind of like I saw United's defence as being quite rickety in that first half. I mean, the Varane error was very lucky not to put out in his own goal. I mean, a lack of communication. I think there was a couple of times where um, other times as well, there was lacks of communication with Onana. So it was kind of, you thought, it was there for the taking for us if we exploited it a bit more, which we obviously did second half. But coming on to that instant, yeah, it, it seemed just a basic foul, didn't it, to us, which the linesman hasn't given. I mean, what is the linesman two yards away? Not gave it because, yeah, it's Man United. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he's won the ball in both tackles. I mean, he's, like I said before, we come on to uh, any slide tackle now with any form of aggression seems to be a sin, doesn't it, on social media. We've kind of gone down that road unfortunately um and he's end up getting himself booked i mean in that melee you're kind of a bit concerned that it's going to overstep the mark and he gets sent off but thankfully he didn't and yeah i mean the re- the ref the referee you always get niggly things where with it being a big six team it goes their way i mean we'll i mean we'll come on to the stoppage time and things like that but he was probably one of the better ones because to be honest he didn't really have much to do did he he didn't really have any real big decisions to make, I'd say, personally. No, he didn't. But I did sort of... It felt like, you know, as soon as United went a goal down, which come on to very oh, shortly. Yeah, the ref has given that help, a little bit of a helping hand, don't they? It's just how it, it's just how it is, isn't it, in the Premier League? We all know what it's like. So. I think the one that got me was in the first half when Evans... Um, yeah, Evan slid to put the ball out for a throw-in mm. and the referee gave a, um, yeah. a foul. Literally yeah. no contact whatsoever. Any kind like, of little, on. any finger in the back for us on their players, it was a it was a blowing up and a foul, wasn't it? And like we've just said, the Gibbs-White one, it looked like he got clearly fouled. I mean, I know we were quite a long way away. Um, mm. Christian, probably Lee would be better to say that, but, and the ref didn't give it, so... I, I was really, I was really close, and I've been collecting Man United tears for for them. They're like, <laughs> oh, we should have been sent off. Yeah, well, three foul, three fouls in one go. That, that it's just because they'd absolutely kill for a player to like that, that, have some level of commitment. That's just social media people who don't know what they're talking about for you, thinking that's anything but a yellow. 
Yeah, that's social media for you. <laughs> I quite liked um, Gibbs White's little spin away from. Yeah, that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very Michael Jackson esque. Playing, playing, playing that awful sport, what is NFL? So yeah, yeah, we'll move on because <laughs> I don't want to get abused by Adam and others. <laughs> yeah, you got, do you want to pop up something? Or yeah, I was just going to say for me that whole incident was caused by the lino. Um, yeah. there was no there was no foul in there either way for me. I I was literally. Right on, right on top of that. There's no foul either way, and you certainly can't go giving a defensive one when you've not given the one on Gibbs White. Um, and I think the whole chaos that ensued for the next five, ten minutes after that was all caused by the Lino getting involved. It just didn't need to do anything. It just, did, it just needed to give the goal kick and go with the next decision, or let the game flow. If it didn't go out, I can't remember if it went out or not. But this is what we mean about just officials helping themselves, and they do make it difficult for themselves at times. I think that was one of them incidences, but that applies. Yeah, although what I will say is that it did sort of fire up Forrest. Like, you know, on FM, when you said the fire up chant, the shout, it's like that instance sort of did it for ourselves. Like, he didn't have to do it. And lo and behold, Adam, not long after that, um, we got the Argentina link up that we all sort of hoped we might get at some point. And it's a great effect. Yeah, I mean, we got we got away with one with, with Dallow crashing the ball against the post just before as well. But no, great, great. I think it uh, patient build up actually weirdly enough. I think we was was kind of like we were going between near Cate Yates, Marillo was kind of moving Man United about. And I've been quite critical of Ryan Yates in terms of his technical ability, but the pass he makes out towards Alanga initially to take Garnacho completely out of the game is is brilliant. And then Alanga, another one who's we've been critical of his passing as well at times, but although he's got it right in the last couple of games, great pass inside to to Montiel who's gone on the underlap and he's Again, Michael Jackson esque spin um, finds finds Dominguez, who's drifted in from that left hand side, which is probably something that Nuno may be seen as a weakness where players aren't being tracked, and it, and it's an easy sweeping finish for, for Nico Dominguez. And I mean, he's lacked a lot of confidence the last few weeks, obviously since that West Ham howler, but he was excellent yesterday. And he took his goal goal really well. I think getting rid of the blonde hair has also helped his cause. Um, but yeah, no, great great way to go in front and. A really good goal. I mean, United fans have said all the goals were a gift. I think the only goal that was a gift was the one that we gave them, which we'll get onto, obviously. And I, I feel like you've decided to be the host today because you do, you're sick of talking about Matt Turner. No, no, no. It's just, you know, I thought I'd get, give you a say a bit more. But uh, it's was, it was quite interesting with uh, Match Day, obviously, they highlighted that um, when McTominay came on, he basically stopped tracking back. And, uh, leaving a massive gaping hole in the middle of the park because we, we exploited it a few times even in the first half um, which Murphy picked up on which is quite fascinating but how nice is it to see a midfielder run into the box and try and get a shot away like that just wasn't oh. happening before how nice is it to see a midfielder actually try and like come in late and get a shot on goal that's been happening the last few games hasn't it now since yeah. Nuno's took over it's been a nice change it was something that Cooper was doing before and he completely went away from and that's, that, that's yeah. probably something that's that's really hindered him so no really good good Good, good that we've identified a weakness. I mean, people identify McTominay as someone that's going to sit. He was a striker in the academy at Man United. People, people don't realise that he's not going to track anyone. So them taking off Kobe Mino was a complete mishap of of what they were doing because he was he was the one sitting. So strange from from Tenag. He just shot himself in the foot completely. Glazer's foul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, completely the Glazer's foul. <laughs> Every time maybe, you lose, maybe on the league. Leaky Roof FC was a clearly at fault for that one, as a uh, Gary Neville would say. But uh, Lee, I mean, not long after that, I mean, United did sort of threaten. I mean, I, I, this is my memory playing up. I thought that they hit the post after we scored, not before. But um, 
I'm pretty sure it was Arthur. Was it Arthur? Hit the no, post before. at 0-0, didn't no. they? Yeah, before 0-0, oh, mate. Oh, was it 0-0? Oh, yeah. my God. I, yeah. I, I yeah. Like, Great strike. Well, yeah, it was a brilliant strike from um, Dallo. But obviously, yeah, United did threaten after that. And then, um, but not really with much conviction. I still felt like we were sort of keeping them at arm's length up until, you know, a very stupid back pass from turn. I mean, I, I'm sick of talking about him. So I'll let you sort of discuss the goal. But yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Cheers for that. Um yeah, it's going to be Reese um, against this, so it's going to be someone else's turn now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, I don't. We're just going around in circles, aren't we? It's every podcast. Um, I mean, I'll try and bring some balance to it. I thought Turner's handling yesterday was absolutely outstanding. Um, the one, the the catch he came for that was practically on the penalty spot. Do you know it's it, it's really strange because as soon as that ball got lofted forward, I can't remember who it was who lofted it forward. I I saw where the ball was going, and I saw that Turner had called for it. And I never for one minute thought he wouldn't catch it. It was a really outstanding catch, to be fair. Um, and he did that all afternoon. But every time he's got the ball at his feet, he scares you to death. And it, we've never had a keeper that puts the, the you know, frightens the living daylights out of you like he does when he's got the ball at his feet. It's like, it, I always think if, you, if you're not sure about your kicking, just punt it long down the pitch. And especially 1-0 up with 14 minutes left, or, or well, 14 minutes of normal time plus the Fergie time to come. Um, but you just manage the game and oh, it's just, it was soul destroying. I genuinely, I don't think I've ever been quite so disappointed to see us concede a goal because obviously everyone's desperate to beat Man U, aren't they? Because it's Man U and they're often insufferable. Um, so yeah, I, I can't even, Paul Robinson probably at the nail on the head from the bits that I've seen. He just tries to be too clever. I don't know what he's doing. I mean, if you're going to play a little intricate pass like that, it's got to be to one of the fullbacks. You can't be doing that down the middle of the pitch. Um and yeah, it was just soul destroying. And what I would say is, I don't really condone condone the booing the next time he got the ball. I don't think that was helpful at all. Um, I mean, I know that some have been a bit like arsy, for want of a better phrase, over the you know the reaction when the ball went in the net. But what are Forest fans supposed to do when that sort of thing happens? You, you vent with your voices, and it was a, a real bad error. And I mean, how many times is Turner going to do that same thing? Um, so yeah, it's uh, it was disappointing, but. Well, I would imagine he'd have been buying uh, Morgan Gibbs White a very big pint after the game. Yeah, or about ten. I mean, I think that's it. I, it was weird. Like, I'm, I've never. I mean, I've been watching Forest since 1999. I've never in my life. I've heard them sing like, you know, you're not fit to wear the shirt. I've heard them scream all sorts of abuse at individual players or whatever else. Never in my life have I heard a player get booed on touch by his own fans. That was um, quite something to see when it came back to Turner that first time afterwards. And, um, well, yeah, I, I, I kind of like, you know, again, we've all seen the sort of fracas on Twitter with other people. And um, I kind of I kind of get both sides. I mean, realistically, like, you know, it's very obvious. Forrest can't progress the football club with him in goal. We can't. I mean, we might as well get this over and done with now. We cannot progress with him in goal because we need to buy a new goalkeeper. as a matter of urgency if it isn't going to be Macadamus because it's just there's no point. It's not working. He's not up to it. But booing your own players. God. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean what was impressive was the one where, where he kicked the ball into the air and, and then caught oh. it. I mean, we, oh, we, I, I, asked Lee, I asked Lee what, what the what the ruling on that was because obviously it wasn't on purpose, but it was hilarious at the same time. Though. <laughs> like, you have to laugh at it in hindsight because we got away with it. It was what they said on Sky, wasn't it? It was an accident waiting to happen all night. 
they, they hit the nail on the head. It was coming. I mean, how many did he put out of play? How many did that one way thing get into the air? I was like, oh my God. It, it was just obvious it was going to happen. And when, and to be honest, a confident goalkeeper, like when we had Samba, who was good with his feet, I wouldn't mind them playing that pass to Danilo because it would have broke through their attack. But mm. when you're underconfident and battle, you feel that was such a risky pass. And we literally had United in the palm of his hand at 1 0. They would not have they would not have scored in the million years. They offered very right. little. I mean, Rashford, that was his first touch in our box, the goal. He offered absolutely nothing, Rashford. But that's the difference in it at this level. A player of that quality, you give him one chance, he puts it straight in the corner. But I will as well be t- to be fair to Turner because he could have just gone into his shell, couldn't he? He was, at, he was actually really good after the mistake. He came out, like Lee said several times, he made a pretty bog-standard save, I'd say, from Ericsson. I know people were extrapolating that up, but that was a save I'd expect every goalkeeper in the Prem to make. But the one from the absolute incredible strike from Bruno Fernandes, where he got deflected and turned over, that was a decent save. So it would have been very easy for him to have stayed on his line and kind of just you know, gone into his shell. So fair play to him in that sense for overcoming that. But yeah, you know, mine and Christian's views have been on this podcast for quite a few weeks. The kicking element is just so poor that it's it's overtaking everything else, unfortunately. And it's something that needs addressing. I mean, it, Nuno will probably stick Blackie Demos in goal, won't he, against Blackpool. So it will give him a chance to see him. Although we're probably, well, we're hoping he won't have much to do in that game. Well, yeah, that would be the dream, yeah. But, I mean, you might be looking at things like distribution for that element because, realistically, you're right, he shouldn't be. I mean, I've noticed with Forrest on the Nuno now, we sort of do, but we can't break through, we'll gladly move all the way back and it goes to the keeper and he'll pick a pass and switch to play. So, I, I suspect that in the Blackpool game, he'll be looking at how he does in that element because, obviously, it's, it's very clear that if you're going to be a keeper in the Nuno system, you've got to kick the ball well. So, that would be quite fascinating to see. But, obviously, Reese, um, yeah, we, we obviously... You know, four minutes after that, and this is good because normally, you know, as we've so used to, we probably all expected Forrest to just crumble completely and just like implode at that point. But four minutes later, you know, we dust ourselves down. Uh, Turner actually makes a save, I think, from Ericsson, although it's pretty routine. He did, one. yeah. You'd, you'd yeah that was the one I was on yeah. about, yeah, yeah. yeah. You would expect most Premier League. Yeah, all Premier League I've, I've seen a couple that. of people saying that was going to be a certain goal. I mean, it was it wasn't, a pretty bog no. standard save. It was a good like, strike. If he let that but, in, he'd be yeah. stopped there and then. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a good strike. <laughs> it, 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 it cleaned it, didn't he, Ericsson? <laughs> but I'd expect pretty much any EFL keeper to be saving that, to be honest. Definitely. But what comes after is pretty special. Obviously, Yates carried it about 65 yards up the pitch. Just like an ocean. It's parted like the Red Sea. just ran straight through. And then, um, well... Alanga sort of gets one against his old club and Gibbs White gets one against his boyhood club. Yeah, um, I mean, when, like I said, just then, I thought we had United in the Palmer's hand and when it did go to 1-1, you thought, here we go, this is going to be typical Forest snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and we're going to get beat 2-1. It's going to kind of kickstart Man United into life, which, thankfully, it didn't really because, like you say, four minutes later, we ended up scoring. I mean... Yeah, as you say, I mean, Ryan Yates is running through and literally no one's within 20, 30 yards of him, really, isn't he? He's just kind of allowed him to run. And then um, the match of the day analysis was interest, interested on this because Wan-Bissaka has just gone back into position rather than going to Gibbs-White. So I think Evans and Varane have both gone to Wood and Wan-Bissaka's just gone back into his position, which has left Gibbs-White at the edge of the area completely free. 
And I mean, how many times have we seen them chances just spooned over the bar? I mean, he hit it perfectly, didn't he? He used, I'm not sure which play it was, he used as a marker to bend it round. I'm guessing it may be Evans, possibly, because um, he was on that side. And yeah, there's no chance for the goalkeeper. It was, it was a brilliant finish. And it's something we've said with Gibbs White. He needs to probably chip in with a few more goals. He needs to improve his finishing. I mean, that was a, an excellent finish, wasn't it? a world class finish, let's be honest. And it was thoroughly yeah, what we deserved. Good. Um, I thought we fully deserved to win the game and I'd have been gutted if it had finished 1-1 on the back of a mistake from us again. Yeah, we, we, we fully we fully deserved it and um, that just put the cherry on the top of what's been a, a brilliant Christmas for us because I don't think <laughs> many Forest fans in the wildest dreams would have thought they'd have gone to Newcastle away and had Man United at home and beat both and beat both playing well as well, I'd have to say. No, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was weird because you felt like even as slow as the first half was, probably for a neutral, like, um, as I looked at my phone at half time, and like, my mates were saying, like, God, it's a, it's a tough watch, isn't it? <laughs> but, like, you could see that we clearly had a plan. We, we were trying to, we were sitting side to side, we couldn't get down the flanks, we tried through the middle. If that wasn't on, we try and work our way back and start again. It was very obvious what Forrest was trying to do, but in a good way, not a predictable way. It was very much like, oh, okay, you can see what their game plan is, you can see how they're going to try and get United, which is something that we maybe haven't had for a fair while. Which so that was quite pleasing, but then um, going back to this game, obviously Adam, uh, obviously Alex Ferguson calls in a favour with Manchester-based official Anthony Taylor, and um, although you could be forgiven for thinking that Ten Hag was Anthony Taylor on the uh, touchline, given he was so far out of his technical box, it was a joke. I actually looked at him before he was Anthony Taylor a few times. I was like, see that over there, but out of nowhere, ten minutes comes from, and I know you've tried to justify this to me, but I've, I've had a look again. Rashford's down for about two minutes. It's been about three goals, called out another two minutes. The VAI check was done in that time as well. And as all the subs, okay, called out another two minutes. It should have been no more than six. Where have they got 10 minutes from, aside from the fact it's Manchester United Football Club? They may as well just put until Man U score on the score, but on the on the board, shouldn't they? But yeah, I try I try to justify it in, in terms of finding like a bit of a solution and be a bit more of a detective for the referees. But I have, I have no idea, but... Um, we held out really well. I, I got nervous, obviously. I was quite happy for them to just pump the ball in the box because near Cat and Marillo and, and, and anyone else was kind of just dealing with, with everything that was coming our way. And then it was unfortunate that Gibbs White got a bit of a knock and was like running around on one leg for half of it. I mean, he said afterwards that um, he was struggling, but he'll be all right sort of thing. So so that's good. Um, yeah, no idea where they got 10 from, but I'm, I'm glad we, we held out. We held out strong. Um bit nervous when Christian Eriksen had a chance towards the end and obviously the, the Bruno chance that Reese has already spoke about was a good tip over the boss because it was going already one way and Turner was already moving one way and, and managed to get a hand up although a lot of people have told me that's a routine save I'm not sure if it if it is or not or not I'm not a goalkeeper but yeah no I'm, I'm glad we we held out we seem to have a bit of a a different different approach over the last couple of games where we, we don't seem to be making too many mistakes, um, giving teams a, a chance to get back into things. So that's that was good. Good to see. And obviously the scenes at the end were, were brilliant. I was going to say, yeah, 11 minutes later. Obviously, of course, it wasn't a full 10 minutes. You know, like you said, play till United score. But I think after Eric's any chance, even the referee was like, right, that's enough. And, um, yeah, <laughs> what about the misery? Away. Yeah, rocking all over the world if a place just can't get enough. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I think personally it's a good idea. I think that, you know, sort of keep that to the Cooper Rain and move on with new stuff. But what do you think, sleeping floor? Uh, yeah, oh. no, I enjoyed it. Reese, 
Well, I prefer that song to Just Can't Get Enough. I'm not a massive fan <laughs> of Just Can't Get Enough. Not, the Pesh Mode aren't really for me. I prefer walking all a, over the world. A little birdie, remember, told me, Reese, that the Saturday's version of, of Just Can't yes. Get Enough is your favourite. Yes. Well, <laughs> who, who, would you prefer the Saturday's or the Pesh Mode? Molly King. I don't really I do like that song I think that song's really good but I mean come on Steve Cooper didn't create Depeche Mode yeah I, I agree I, yeah. I, I do see both sides of it uh, I think uh, I was talking to Rob about it yesterday and he said that he thinks it's a good idea if you imagine like a time capsule and you box everything that was associated with Steve Cooper up mm. yeah it, I, I do get that but come on it, it's just a song and it, it, that song became kind of um, symbolic with a win, didn't it? So, but to be fair, you can't argue with the scenes with that song. So, it's just a song at the end of the day. It's not that deep, I suppose, is it? Yeah, it's something kind of forest. I mean, if if you if you look at the um, the video before the game, I mean, when we sold Brennan Johnson, there was literally no sign of him in it. When really he's kind of gone with his best wishes, aren't he? Like, obviously, Cooper was in that video. He's now no longer in it. Mm. I think it's very much of a case from Forest, and I do get it. You you have to move on with life. That is life. Um, so they probably want a fresh start and, you know, probably don't want people associating that song with, you know, with Steve and that. So, yeah, it, it don't it don't bother me. It was just, I'm just one of, I'm in the business of winning football games. I just want to see Forrest win games, whether that's Nuno as manager or Martin O'Neill as manager. I just want to win games. <laughs> I love how O'Neill's the go-to reference for that. I know, because it, it like, Teams like Preston all over again. Yeah, I just... I just <laughs> Was he was just the one I gave them probably the most grief on to say from my perspective. No, Gary Megson, there's another. Yeah, I did notice actually what was quite good. They also did the best goals of 2023. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read like the Secret Footballer books or anything like that, but um, I think it's like, spoiler alert. It's very evidently Dave Kitson, and um, apparently he said he scored a goal against because he fell out of Pulis so badly at Stoke. He said that he scored a goal that was like it was nominated for goal a month on match today. But because he fallen out with Pulis, it wasn't even put on the video at the end of the year. It was, it was sort of like completely yeah. ignored. So it was quite pleasing to see Johnson's goals against Leicester and Leeds sort of feature on that video before the game. Yeah. Sort of like say like, you know, we're not fully, you know, <laughs> petty. But anyway. Yeah, well, he's gone with his best wishes, hasn't he, really? That's, so. that's it, yeah. And um, yeah, hopefully, well, Spurs' is issues now anyway. So we're going to move on to some Slept On It Thoughts. Red side of the Trent. <laughs> Slept on it thoughts. I think one of my New Year's resolutions is to take that video and sort of put the volume down and touch. <laughs> Death and everyone. But um, anyway, we'll start off. Deck Parsons, near Carte, phenomenal. And finally, uh, gives White showing that quality to score himself a goal. Hopefully that allows him to continue and step up. Dave Bullen said some fantastic performances. Montiel, Gibbs White, Alanga, Yates, and Manila match near Carte standouts. Love the pressing in the middle third and the pace of passing. The biggest two areas of change, in my opinion. What a result. Lee Chilver says great team performance. Yes, Turner's kicking is letting him down, but please acknowledge his shot stopping kept us to three points. Fort Manila match could have been near Carte, Montiel, Gibbs White, Yates, or Danilo. Let's applaud Nuno for game plan and not showing or playing a low block against a poor United team. Sammy Slack said, we dominated United, that's insane. Gibbs White is like a new signing now in his position. Fort Yates and Neocarty were class and Montiel had another top game. You Reds. 
Jeffro says Matt Turner needs to be the first to go in January, redeem himself after their equaliser, but did no more than you expect every half decent goalkeeper to do. I think I agree with that, to be fair. An absolute liability. Gibbs White and Yates were absolutely brilliant. Gummy Bear just says Forest all over the world, and I'll leave it at that. Osh Jones says completely new team. We look unrecognisable. Fantastic from 2 to 11. Yeah, the obvious one omission. Uh, strike and goalkeeper in January with Golden. Premier Elliott said my mum's first game to 2 0 Spurs Cup win. She's an odd lucky charm. Felt Turner played well after his howler, but no longer have confidence in him. The whole team worked so well, and the Gibbs White deserved that goal. Happy New Year, Red Side, and keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, Elliot. Uh, Alex says, slept on it thoughts. Surprised anyone will be sleeping after that. Marino and Iacate are the steady centre-back partnering we've been crying out for. We've nabbed United's best attacker for 15 million. Monty has become a must-keep and in desperate need of a decent goalkeeper because Turner isn't up to it. James Goose says, incredible result. Major United look ordinary thanks to a brilliant all-round performance. And if it wasn't for Turner making his mandatory howl at every game, it's a clean sheet. However, did do well to redeem himself in the last 10. Still for a keeper as a must for Jan. Uh, Jan Stab says, we look composed, deliberate, progressive, front-footed, confident, aggressive. You can see the tactics. The shape gets the most from our squads. We look like a Prem side. Unbelievable six points this week. There is an asterisk after compose. He's, he's put down aside from Turner, that is, with an unhappy face. And Carl Booth has gone to a man. Fantastic. Hunger and design, quality in the ball. Turner's distribution is awful. It's a complete liability, but he's got some nuts on him to pull that save out the bag to get us over the line. Loads of United fans in P-blocks. Have to see that. That's a bit annoying, actually. Uh, Capacity and Function said that could be a transformational win. How many times have Forrest been the team other sides find form against? Not today. Bar Turner's howler, we look comfortable. While we lack fluidity up front, we were efficient in their box when it mattered and looked like a Prem team at last. And the last one knows he's least. This is Kev. And he says, Nuno got us playing on the front foot and looking like a team that can keep going and score goals. Wood didn't score, but kept the United defence busy, which gave space for others to attack their box. Great team performance, and how good was Gibbs White? Round pegs in round holes at last. Billy Davis will like that one. All right, thank you all for getting your Septonic thoughts in. Obviously, can't read them all out, as there's quite a lot, but um, much appreciated. And we're going to move on to some player performances. Um, so, Lee, I'll start with you. Uh, Gonzalo Montiel was your one. And I think, like we were saying in the chat last night, if he's been there this whole time, you know, you sort of made a right to your own back, really, given how well he's played these last two games. Yeah, I think it's a um, it's of detriment to Steve Cooper, sadly, um, the way he's played the last two games. Um, I mean, we hear all sorts of stories in the press, don't we, about certain players coming in against the head coach's wishes and and that sort of stuff. But ultimately, like we've all said on this pod before, you're a head coach because you don't have quite such a big say on what players you get given. And I think to be given a World Cup winner and a player who's produced that level of performance in the last two games and not use him is absolutely bonkers because he's been absolutely brilliant in both. Um, I don't think he's without his flaws, but I think when you're a club like ours in the Premier League, you're not going to sign a player that's completely polished. I think um, he's quite small for a fullback, isn't he? So if you're coming up against a team with sizable wingers, that might be an area area where he struggles, but I thought he coped with everything that uh, United threw at him yesterday with with a plum, to be honest. And going forward, he looks he looks good as well. Uh, he seems really intelligent to find pockets of space going forward, which is always um, whereas like someone like Williams, he kind of uses his pace to to you know burst past players. I think Montiel kind of just picks his moment and waits for for the chance to run in the space. So yeah, I think. Um, yeah, probably a Cooper mistake that one. I think that he's not been playing because um, 
I think everyone will be kind of hoping that uh, we, we can keep hold of him now because he looks head and shoulders above anything else that's played at right back this season, I think. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, like you said, a couple of weeks ago, you looked pretty set to go back to Sevilla and no one really cared. Now it's sort of like, hopefully that's still not the case because, like I said on the last, um, well, it gives me like, it's Ren and Loddy vibes of him and he started off pretty poorly and sort of thrown into it a bit. Obviously, his Burnley game was a bit of a disaster, but then it wasn't a disaster that day. But um, the last two games, he's just been so good and like, he's just very intelligent, the way he keeps the ball as well, the way he finds his feet, like, he doesn't just risk play for the sake of it. He normally keeps, if it's a forward pass, he'll find feet. If it's nothing on, he'll, he'll gladly recycle it and go backwards. I think that's a sign of a really good player. I know it sounds very fundamental, basic, but you can have people just like all oh, just bang it up the line regardless and just assume that's a forward attacking play. But no, I, I was very impressed with Montiel yesterday. I think as well. I think it's one of them things where like when Cooper left, like, people were re- some people were really like almost breaking their neck to say that it's nothing to do with whoever manages this squad's not good enough. The players aren't good enough. Look at some of the rubbish he's been given, like Montiel and T- Tavares. I mean, if Tavares is that good as well, he's going to probably leave and go somewhere else, and he'll probably rip it up because he's another one that's been signed, and everyone's kind of dismissed it as a really poor signing when he's played what a game two games maybe I mean it's I just think it was such an excuse and it like like you've said before on this podcast Christian when you almost kind of proved right I know it's only two wins but we've beat Newcastle and Man U and one of the changes he has made is to bring a player in that's not even been making match day squads there's nothing wrong with this squad for where we want to finish this season I don't think and I've said that all along the mm. squad was lacking ideas and it was ideas from the dugout for me um and I just think that's he's not made major changes, but that is one area that he's identified and probably looked at and thought, why have I got a World Cup winner, you know, making cups of tea on a match day? It's just ridiculous. Get him in the team and get him playing. So, yeah, like I said at the top of my answer to this player performance, it's of detriment to Cooper, I'm afraid, Montiel. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. No, definitely. Yeah, I think that's the, exactly the way it looks. It's just like, you know, like, like you said before, if you had his last time, his time again, I'm sure he'd make a few different decisions. Maybe that'd be definitely. one of them. But yeah. Anyway, Reese, your player is one of the hot topic for us in many weeks, many pods over many years now. Um, Ryan Yates, in that I thought someone summed it up pretty well that you've got the Forest captain who's giving everything, winning jewels, intercepting, heading the block, and you've got the Man United captain sulking handcuffing himself to the ref and crying left, right and centre. Um, they couldn't be poles apart, really, could they? 
No. Um, annoyingly, I always say to people, when United are behind, get your money on a Bruno card, which is literally what I did in play last night. He didn't get booked, annoyingly. I mean, when Christian Eriksen lost his head right at the end, it was actually Bruno dragging him away, which really annoyed me because it's usually in where his head goes. But um, can I can I compliment Ryan Yates without bringing another player down, But which I'm going to do? Um, but yeah, he, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, as you say, Christian interceptions. I thought his reading of the play to be in the right positions was a lot better than usual. Just his composure on the ball a lot better as well. I just thought his all round game. I mean, we know we know his strengths. You know, he's hassling, he's getting stuck in. But I just thought his all round game was so much better last night. I don't know whether that's because, and this is no detriment to him. I mean, United gave us a lot of freedom in that sentiment, but he kept seeming to find pockets of where to be and. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was excellent. It was a, it was a real captain's performance, and you know the second goal he drove, what was it, twenty, thirty yards up the pitch, which is something we very rarely see from Yatesy. But yeah, I thought I thought it was excellent. I, I generally can't, I can't praise him enough on last night's performance. He was probably up until the last few moments, probably my man of the match. I just had to go for. Near Carter, in case I'm not going to say any more on him in case you give it to Adam, but um, yeah, a really good performance. And that's without bringing any other players into it and putting them down as well, which seems to be a bit of a theme on social media when some players do well, which is a real shame, but it is mm. what it is. I mean, to sort of maybe be a hypocritical in that regards. I mean, Yates is just putting a perfect captain's performance, whereas a certain person sat at home who <laughs> walked out on his team on a day of a game. But um, we'll move well, swiftly I on. Well, I apologise for that. Well, you know, we all do done. things out of frustration and if he's apologised and at the end of the day, football's a very fickle game in it. We move on. We have to move yeah, on. That's how hopefully it goes. the club do move on from him as well. But <laughs> Adam, um, I'm going to give you Danilo because I felt that for the first time in a long time, I know he's had a bit of a stop-start season, Danilo, but I thought yesterday he was really, really good. You know, obviously, like, I felt, I, I felt constantly bad from this season because, like, it's felt like we haven't really known where to play him. He was he got up to speeds against Chelsea. He looked really good at Chelsea away, then got injured, came back, wasn't quite the same, in and out of the team again. First half at Newcastle was not good by any stretch of the imagination. But from minute 46 from Newcastle to the end of the game yesterday, that's the dinner that we all grew and loved from last season. I, I'm actually quite glad you've gave me Danilo because I was going to touch on what what Reese was just saying about Yates. Joe, when you like looks at the the lineup and you wasn't sure whether Danilo was going to play out wide. Dominguez was going to play there. Was going to show Gibbs White. We were all thinking, "Oh, come on now, Nuno, you found where Gibbs White plays. Just play him in the ten, like, and we'll be fine." Which he did, thankfully. And you kind of think, "Well, who's going to control the midfield? Because we've not played Mangala, and we've kind of come to the conclusion that maybe we're managing Mangala's minutes." And he came on, obviously, and got booked straight away. But luckily, that's the cutoff has now happened. I think Sky have mentioned that Lee, Lee might be able to help on that one. I think he, he's, he's cut off. That's what Sky have said. That's what some of my friends have said. But no, I thought Danilo actually did did really well. I thought he controlled the game along with, with Yates and, and the others really, really well. He got stuck in. He, he knew where to be. He was composed. There was a ball in the first half that he played to Elanga with, I think it was his right foot, just like got it out of his feet, and just pinged it. And I was like, bloody hell, they're, they're, he's, he's back. Um, so yeah, no, I think, I think the whole stadium doing... Uh, Given the Danilo chant probably gave him a lift. I think he thrives off that kind of uh, that atmosphere as well. Um, and how probably having a Portuguese speaking manager probably helps as well. Probably can tell him, oh, this is where I play. This is what I want to do. This is where you'll get the best out of me. And I mean, I don't want to be harsh on Cooper. I don't want to keep putting putting in the mud. But like maybe that 
that uh, tra- that lost in translation thing can happen. Although Danilo was really good at the back of last season, but if we can get that form back for the second half, which coincided with this time of year last year, wasn't it? Where he he came in in the January and was really excellent towards the end. Then we know what kind of player we've got on our hands. So hopefully, um, I know he's going away with Brazil for the for a pre-Olympic tournament. Why are they doing that? I have no idea. Should, like it's like may as well like a fake draw of the FA Cup or whatever, or champion, that's just stupid. But yeah, no, it's, it's a shame that he's he played really well and now he's going to go away for, for a short period of time. Yeah, that is a real shame that, but it's just, it's just so good to see him. I think obviously like, he's only what, 21, 22. He's got such a bright future, didn't know. I just think like, if you can add some consistency to his game, we've got a real, real player there. And um, I saw a few very sceptical that he'd be trusted to be the sort of the playmaking option from midfield. But I think last night sort of proved that he's more than able to do that. And yeah, long may it continue. Uh, Lee, I'm going to give you the best on earth, Morgan Gibbs-White. Oh, I seem to get Gibbs-White all the time. Um, people must be sick of hearing me talk about Gibbs-White. Um, yeah, he was very good again. Um, funnily enough, it's weird because when... Obviously, from where I sit in the upper trend, I had quite a good view of Gibbs White going into that space and everyone was just screaming at Elanga to pass in the ball. But then you're almost kind of thinking, well, he's in loads of space, but he doesn't usually score from there. Um, it just looked like the right pass. But it was dead weird because as soon as the ball went to him, just watching how he was setting himself, you just didn't think he was ever going to miss. And I just think, I mean, people have called Vlacadimos a ghost in the uh, the Forest goal when he plays, but... I genuinely think Anana's a bit like that. He just doesn't seem to stop anything. Um, and it was one of them where I thought, get it on target and just let the keeper actually do something. And it, it, watching the replay back, he just uses Evans perfect as like a like a little training ground dummy, I guess, to just block the keeper's sight and just curl it into the near post. So, yeah, he was he was really good again. Um, his work rate, his tenacity, um, he just offers everything, doesn't he? I mean, again playing through the middle of the pitch. I mean, it's absolutely criminal that we've used him out wide this season. And, and you know, I'll continue to bang that drum because we probably could have so many more points if if we'd just used him and kind of given him a bit of a, a free role to glide through the middle of the pitch as he wants to. Um, and yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning as well that I think his set pieces have looked loads better. Um, I know he's had some really harsh criticism for that. Um, let's face it, we're never going to have anyone that's whipping him in like James Ward-Prowse. And dare I say, when we play West Ham at home and he causes all sorts of problems with that, we'll, we'll probably have to read article after article again on how we need a James Ward-Prowse. We should have signed James Ward-Prowse to take set pieces. I mean, come on, it's he's the best in the world at home. You're not going to be that good. The, the challenge is getting them good enough to, to create chances and score goals from them. And I think just lately we have looked a lot more dangerous and it's clearly something that um, Gibbs White's worked on. If Gibbs White could kind of tell Matt Turner what he's been doing to, to kick a ball a little bit better, um, it, it'd be better for everyone, wouldn't it? Because it, it's clear to me that he's that is actually something that he's worked on on the training ground. And I don't know... We have got a set piece coach now, haven't we? Because I think he's stayed up. So that's probably something he's been working on. But we just do seem a lot more dangerous from them. I don't know if it's because we kind of, he started by getting the, the big criticism of him was that everyone was going to the near post, wasn't it? So now they just look a lot more probing. We're getting players into the box. Um, I think both teams, when they were taking set pieces yesterday, were just packing the six yard box, weren't they? I don't know if, I don't know if last year's game where we didn't get a penalty because it was a, too crowded penalty area was was ringing in their ears, but yeah, he was he was excellent again. Um, I, I like I say, I can't speak highly enough of him. 
Yeah, the old congestion excuse, which has, funny enough, never been used before or after since. I wonder no. what team that could have possibly benefited. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, Reese, I'm going to give you, lucky enough, and very coincidentally, Moussa Karte. So, take it away. Yeah, I mean, we discussed this, didn't we, amongst ourselves. Um, I know Lee was um, talking about this a while ago, but when he was playing on the right with him being left-footed, um, I mean, he's absolutely superb in that Villa game. And then... It kind of was a very, it was very shaky. I think it was the Bournemouth game, wasn't it? When he just kept bombing it out to play on his um, on his right foot. And we was all like, mm, can he play that side? Last night, for me, he was man of the match. Um, and there was quite a few contenders, to be fair. I'm not going to argue if people disagree with that because there was quite a few. I just thought it was literally, as I put in my tweet, just the art of defending. Um, there was a few instances where, and this is no detriment to, I think, Williams and Montel, where they went to Grant and to make tackles. He just stood up and he just timed so many tackles to perfection. Um, I, I just, I really do like Nia Carter. I just, he just seems a leader to me. He's probably one of the only few players we've got where you think he's vocal. I mean, I'm not sure if people would have seen, but I think it was a Newcastle game in the... Um, in the huddle when Amazon show you was barking out or just, you can just see he's a bit of a leader because, you know, he was, he was captain at Mines, wasn't he? Um, that seems to have gone by the wayside with some in the media. But, um, yeah, he's... I, I like Nia Carte. Um, I thought he was absolutely superb last night. And when he's on top of his game, he's a really good defender, um, him and Murillo. And I think that would probably be a two, wouldn't it? I know... I'm a massive fan of Felipe as well, but it's just with Felipe, he can't seem to stay fit, can he? And then there's probably, you know, Willie Ball is pretty solid, but then there's probably, in terms of consistency, probably a bit of a gap then with his other centre-backs. Um, yeah, he was fan- he was fantastic in the Akata, and he'll be a miss, you know, because he's going, you know, with the AFCON, with Senegal. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching a few of our players in the AFCON. It'll be a change. I'll probably dip in to a couple of games and have a watch, but um yeah, he was my man of the match last night. I thought, I thought he was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. No, he, he was great. It was, it was one, it was one of many tackles on, on Gonacho, but he just stood so strong. Went straight, yeah, took the ball and but, took him as well. It was such a good tackle. It was like, yeah, it was on. one where Montella dived in, and that's probably the only negative about Montella. He can sometimes dive in, and I think Gonacho took it round him as he dived in, and then near Carter, it would have been, it was kind of a 60-40 Gonacho's favour because he'd overdone the touch a little tiny bit but if Neocarte would have gone in he would have probably nicked it around him and Neocarte just waited and he timed the tackle to perfection brilliant brilliant defender brilliant yeah and like you sort of touched upon there it was staggering to think that in that um, aftermath that losing the bar call that there was a open report suggesting implying that he wasn't a leader and a certain walkout captain was but we'll move on as you can tell i'm clearly not annoyed at what certain person's actions but it's all right uh, adam from it now adam uh, it would be very mean of me to give you matt turner but we already discussed that so i'm going to give you anthony langer instead um he's on much nicer like that and who made it 10 goal involvements for the season obviously with his sixth assist which is double what johnson got last season and um you know for those who say that oh we've struggled to replace brennan johnson it's fair to say that we've done that pretty well for a fraction of the price yeah i'm enjoying the bumper player performance uh section here christian two for everyone um now for alanga he i think i think he struggled in terms of like getting round either wambasaka or or dallo they're both very very pacey i think we we struggled to actually get down the flanks of man united here and there but i thought what what i do like about anthony langer which i i 
disliked about Brennan Johnson was his willingness to just keep going and keep going and keep trying. I just think he, he's got so much determination. And obviously yesterday meant so much to him. I don't know if you've seen the interview where um, on another, I'm not sure what, what outlet it is, but Stephen Warnock's interviewing him and he said like, well, I'd get five, 10 minutes and I wouldn't play for 10 games. And he, he could never get a run of form. He's obviously, he he's pushed for that move to come to, to Forest and he's played regular football and we've reaped the rewards from it. Yes, he's, he can be very, very frustrating, but he's got such raw ability in that and something that you can't teach, which is having pace. If we if we can um, kind of nurture that into, into more things, I mean, luckily he got his head up yesterday for the Gibbs-White assists. And then you've seen it after the final whistle went, if you see the close-up, he looks like he's in absolute tears with Nuno Espirito Santo. He looks like he's he's just crying, but it's just obviously so, so, so emotional for him. And then I think, I don't know if people seen when he walked off the pitch past that Brian Clough, you'd have seen it, Lee, obviously at Trent End, but he's pointing to the Forest badge. He obviously is really enjoying his time here. So, um yeah, keep keep going, Anthony. I think there's there's more to come. Ten goal involvements in half a season is bloody good going. So if he can double that, twenty, you Man United will be going. Why have we spent ninety million on Anthony when we had this kid? Do you know what I mean? So fair play to the kid. No, he's he's done so well. It's it's just been good to see. Reese, do you want to say anything? Yeah, can I just add it? He mu- he must be looking at Anthony, who cost what was it eighty nine million, and thinking, how the hell is he getting in the side? Ahead of me, he got dragged and, off, um, didn't he? Yeah, yeah it, well, he actually didn't. Yeah, offered absolutely nothing at all. Nothing at all. That, I mean, at one incident where he was sort of crowded by Ina, he sort of mm. had a chance to take him on, turn round, face Brian Clough, end up just walking it out of play. I mean, it was, it, like, <laughs> it was like you know, when you leave a controller on FIFA, it just does what he wants and just walks off. It was like that. It was ridiculous. I know he had a frustrating night, Garnacho, but at least he was trying and, and he was like, every time he ran it, as you think, oh, he could cause problems here. Um I mean Anthony, I mean he offered absolutely nothing at all, did he? I mean what I mean I don't get United because you listen to the media because it's all about Man United, the biggest club in the country. They're always on the media that the bad news for Man United sells so much. And I just don't get like some of United like Andy Goldstein's terrible for this on talks, but he'll like defend like Ten Hag and Anthony like and it's like I'm watching him like what I just like 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 we say we're like oh it's always the Glazers' fault. Well, Ten Hag's tactics brought on McTominay second half, and the midfield's completely wide open. It it happened earlier on in the season as well when they had Casemiro as a CDM. They had so much space, and teams are going to exploit it. But oh, it's always it's Man United's fault, and you can't give any praise to us because you know we we've, we've still got to take advantage of it. And yeah, that I mean United, there's such. You know, like for all us growing up, it, is, it was it was so sweet last night, wasn't it? Because we grew up in the era of everyone being a Man U fan. They were the best team, and you look at them now, and <laughs> you get into a point of like where it's like sympathy for like how bad they are. Because look, oh, at there's how no many... sympathy for me, no know, sympathy whatsoever. But you're kind of like laughing at like how bad they are because you know, look at all the world class players. They haven't even got one world class player now. I mean, they're so, they're so, so, so poor. I think they probably do, but it's more the manager issue, I think. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I, just, I just find it incredibly baffling how he's still there. He's lost 14 out of 28 games now this season. And yeah. this doesn't take anything away from us. We deserved that win last night. We earned it. It wasn't because they were bad, it was because we were good. But equally, though, they're in trouble and good. Long We've continue. always said, haven't we, on this pod, if you outwork teams at this level, this is going back to the Everton game against us at ours, if you outwork teams at this level, you usually get 
you just rewards, and that's what mm. I thought we did. I thought we just outworked Man United last night, and in the end, we took advantage with two well-worked goals. Just Definitely. on Alanga, if I can just chip in on Alanga as well, I think sure. there's certain people out there, we've all seen him, and I don't need to mention names, who love to bash the football club. They love to bash the owners. They love to bash the recruitment. I think what's not helped is that there was a publication that said we wanted to try and be like Brian. Well, if you look at what we did with Alanga, we're not a million miles away. We sold Brennan Johnson for £50 million. And this isn't me comparing and doing what I said we didn't have to do, bash someone else for the sake of praising someone else. But Brennan Johnson doesn't play for us anymore, so it's kind of topical. We sold him for 50 and we signed Alanga for 15 I'll die on this hill, but I think Alanga will be a better footballer than Brennan Johnson. He'll be a better player for us than Brennan Johnson. The I thing, genuinely think he will. Ten, go, ten goal contributions already. Nine, ten, whatever it is. I think it's ten now, isn't it? Yeah. And we've just had Christmas. We're not even in 20... We're, not even, we're just halfway through the season. I mean, I, I genuinely think that's a good nod towards wanting to be like Brighton. You're not going to get everything right. Brighton don't get everything right. But that is a good step in the right direction and a good starting point, I think. Just for context as well, I believe last season there was two players who got double assists and goals, and I think that was Saka and Salah, and they was the only two. So, I mean, if he obviously chips in with a few more goals, he's he's on course to do that. I mean, I mean, what God? I mean, Saka and Salah are three-figure million players, aren't they? Let's be honest. That's it. So, yeah. So, yeah. I just, I just, I just think he's better for what we need. What a club like Forest needs is someone that's going to run themselves into the ground for ninety minutes at, at both ends of the pitch. And I just think, like again, I loved Brennan Johnson. I thought he was quality for us, but he wasn't always interested when we were going backwards. It's one of them. He was just one of them sort of players. He was much more effective at the top end of the pitch, and he he came alive when we were at the top end of the pitch. But I just think Alanga just offers that little bit more as an all-round player. Now, he needs to work on his end product still, but at the same time, we're, we're still beating that drum and he's got 10 goal contributions. So, when he does work on it and gets it right, he's going to be some player. Definitely. It's very, it's very exciting. I, I'm very glad my scepticism of him has sort of been very quickly dispelled and that of Nuno for that matter. It's going to be three games, but it's certainly looking like I'm very wrong on both and good. I'd rather be proved wrong on those and proved right. But, no, I, I, I think we saw... I saw Ralph Ragnick's interview popped up after they beat Athletic Madrid in the European Cup. And um, obviously he spoke praise to Langer, a 19-year-old Langer for scoring a winner. And it makes you wonder with Ten Hag, really, like, why has he bombed him out? It makes you like, look at Jane Sancho, for example, obviously downing tools and like refusing to apologise to him. If he's going to pick Anthony over both of those, I can kind of see why. Like, as bad as that is to say. Um, it, but again, that's their problem. And yeah. It was something I said in the summer way that the lad just needed clearly a run of games. You're getting dribs and drabs. Like we've had players with us who've had that and they've been wrote off, haven't they? They've had 10 minutes here and there. They haven't done it. Oh, he's not good enough. But you've got to give players time to impress. And you look at Alanga, he's, he's had a pretty solid run in the team. And sometimes he is frustrating. You know, the, the pass at Newcastle being one example, but he's still young, he's still quite raw. But you know, with his contribution, what he's offered so far, you can't grumble at that. And to be honest, it, it, I don't, I didn't see him as a replacement for Johnson. I mean, we signed him before we sold Johnson, really, didn't we? And to be honest, it, the comparison with Johnson's kind of, our fans are sentimental, and we're all to, we all are to a degree. But the comparisons with Johnson's kind of got to go by the wayside. He's no longer our player anymore. We've got to move on. You know, you, you you'll naturally, you'll naturally, you'll naturally, you'll yeah, naturally because, because he's playing in the same position that Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, to like, be fair, I feel like we probably signed Alanga in mind of selling Johnson that summer. Yeah, in hindsight. Prob probably. Yeah. But, you know, we've kind of got to move on and support 
you know, like there was more chance for when Brennan Johnson come back than we've heard for some of his own players. You know, you've got to kind of move on and, you know, start supporting the lads who are here now because, you know, we've got a, we've clearly got a decent squad of players and, it, and it's not about like, just because someone else has come in last night means you have to beat somebody else down. We've got a, a decent squad and, you know, there'll be times when they all play the part, hopefully, and we can start to try and get more behind them now because they're actually showing us something back, which for the period, the last period under Steve, unfortunately, some of the performances were far. So let's be honest. Mm. No, they were. There's no way to get around it. And um, yeah, there's long hope this upturn continues because it's quite a nice thing for us. Like, okay, we're only five points of the drop zone still. I haven't played a game next year. It's a little bit concerned still, but it's just nice. Like, you know, we're above Brentford now. We're only a point behind Yeah, we've dragged some more into it, haven't we? Exactly. You know, we've got Brentford next as well, which is, you know, if we, we can get something there, then suddenly, you know, we really are in a much, like, much more comfortable position. We can breathe a bit easier. We can really look forward to what Nuno can bring to the club. So, but obviously before that, we do have an FA Cup game against Blackpool, obviously, um, very synonymous with a playoff heartache and also a 2 0 win last season. We got promoted to the season before. They also have Jordan Rhodes, which is less than ideal given his uh, prolific exploits at his city ground, including not scoring for nine months, then scoring a hat trick, including tapped off by an overhead kick the last time with Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Deary me. But anyway, Blackport home preview, Lee. Uh, what do you reckon? Um, I guess what team do you want to see? Do you want to see us like really go for it? Bear in mind, there's a two-week gap. Do you want to see us sort of maybe experiment with a few different players? Like, What's your sort of take on this? Uh, I don't think we should experiment too much. I think um, winning games of football is something that we've not done a lot of. Um, other than the last four days, obviously. But um, I, don't, I don't actually look at the squad and think we can... <laughs> I think it's no secret that Nuno's probably not going to be dipping into the academy anytime soon. Um, it's not a secret that he didn't do that much at Wolves. I don't think, given that he keeps moaning about the size of the squad already, not moaning, but he's mentioned the size of the squad being too big, hasn't he? So I think he'll want to take a look at some of the players who've perhaps not featured in his three games in charge. But even then, you're going to be looking at Lacadimos in goal, Williams might play, Toffolo might get a game. They're, they're players who have featured quite heavily this season. So I don't think, whilst it'll look a little bit experimental, I don't expect Gibbs White to start, for example. I think someone else will get a go in there. But I still think it'll be pretty strong. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think we'll just want to, you'll want to keep winning games. You'll see it that we've not had many, many wins this season. You'll see it that winning kind of breeds confidence. And I don't think you'll want to then sit for, what is it, two weeks after then, on the back of a, a cup exit at home to a League One side, I think that would be would set us back a little bit. Um, so yeah, whilst I think it'll be experimental, I think it'll still be a very strong team, and I do think we'll win. Uh, Blackpool are doing well this season, aren't they? But again, they're in League One, so I will go for a three-one victory. Nice. I mean, you think they're going to? I suppose depends. They're going to score roads inevitably, but. <laughs> No, I, th- I think I think you're right. I, I feel inclined to agree as well. I should probably point out, by the way, uh, so thank you to everyone who's uh, checked in. I think we had a peak of 110, but 170 right now. It's been interesting seeing some of your comments pop through. I've seen one from Jack here saying, can't believe I miss, don't miss Taiwo. And when he comes back, we're going to be a problem, which is very true. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, obviously, uh, Jay Donk's pointing out Origi here, for example. I won't be surprised to see Origi play against Blackpool either. Um, so, it, yeah, obviously, you know, next person, we've got a week to play for the game. And, you know, it's interesting Reese. I think who we might I think it, I, I kind of agree with the I think he might be experimental sort of side as such but also looks quite orthodox given yeah we've got to bear in mind now we're looking at obviously players going to the AFCON aren't we so for example 
Niakate would come out come out last night. Aina would come out. I mean, your wing backs are pretty simple and your goalkeeper swaps pretty simple. Centre half wise, you know, you're probably looking at your favourite player coming back in, Christian. Um, we've got obviously I'm a bad Adeli, but chucking him in when he's not played all season is that a bit of a risk? You're then looking mm-hmm. like in into centre midfield. You've still got um, obviously the bulk of them there, aren't you? Really. Um, Gibbs White hobbled off, so I'm, I'm sure I don't think he'd be risk. And then if Aridi went on the bench, so I'm not sure if he's got a slight injury or anything. I'd be, I think he would have an injury because there's no real striker on the bench. So I'd probably expect maybe half a dozen changes, something like that. Um, and it, and it's a t- and I totally agree with Lee. You do not want to be losing to a League One side. I mean. I was really disappointed by the reaction last season when we lost there, when the performance was an absolute joke again, and people just tossed it off. Who were sat at home on the, on their armchairs um, while you know three thousand fans had travelled and been served up. That I love the cup competitions, um, and it was the same as when we went out of Burnley. People just like tossed it to one side when you know when we got to the semi-finals of the League Cup last year. It was absolutely brilliant and one of the best parts of last season and. We were selling out ground and I'm sure all these people who'd have been tossing it off in the early rounds would have been the first in the queue to get the tickets for Wembley had we got there. So I want to win the game. You don't believe you want to be losing to a side in the third tier, um, especially at home. And because that would it would set us back within two weeks. We've got a really big game at Brentford. They're a ropey at the minute. So you just want to keep winning games. You just want to keep getting momentum, getting confidence. And <laughs> it's a tie I fully expect to win with you know, not really many scares. I know they've got Jordan Rhodes, but bloody hell, we're not in the championship anymore, are we? So, yeah, um, I think it'll probably be, um, like I say, a, a bit of a mix of continuity and, you know, I won't say fringe players, but squad players who've been in and, in and around the team coming in. Um, as you said, Christian gives Nuno a chance to look at a few players um, and I fully expect us to progress. And it's it's a tournament I want to go far in. Let's have another cup run. Let, if we get to the semi-finals, it's a trip to Wembley, isn't it, um, in this competition? So, yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-0 a win to Forest. I think that will do for me. Clean sheet. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, I think that's been a fair while since we had one as well. Uh, Adam, what about you? I'd love to see Christina's lad get a go. Why not? Get him in. Because um, I feel like he's someone that could play in the 10 uh, for, for Gibbs White, who I do think need, needs a rest. It'd be nice. It's, it's nice for Nuno to actually have a week worth of training with, with, with the team, actually. So that would be that would be nice. I think it's like like everyone's mentioned already, chance to see some different players give everyone a go. But yeah, I'm I'm with Reese, like win it winning mentality. Um let's keep that going. And and yeah, let's 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 stuff Blackpool. It'd be nice to stuff a team, wouldn't it? Like, let's beat them three or four nil. It'd be great. Uh, Jordan Rhodes has never played Murillo. I don't think Murillo will, will actually play. I think he might give Amabamadele and Warrell a go, but I'm not. I'm not sure. So we'll we'll see. And yeah, I, I, why not? Let's 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 have a cup run because I think it just gives gives everyone something to look forward to. Because if 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 the league form can continue, we will get to mid table where we'd have liked to have been anyway. So a cup run kind of gives keeps the excitement coming as well. So I'm 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 leaning towards that. Yeah, let, let, three 0 I'm going to go for. I think um, yeah, Arigi to score. Nice. No, I'm very much up for the cup match. You guys, I, I kind of I want to see Alabama today play. I want to see Vlach and goal. Um, I would like to see Toffolo and Williams play because I think maybe, yeah, that's not a bad thing. They've both been 
pretty ever present this season, especially well, in recent even Tavares, years. maybe. Yeah, maybe oh, unless he gets recalled, of course, because he obviously yeah, goes to our yeah, Prem yeah. team and they're in the cup still. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Of course, yeah. Um, uh, I like to see Devok play. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm intrigued to see the midfield as well, especially I, I think Mangala might get a start again, which would be good. Um, I imagine Yates will probably play again. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting if it does with the wings as well, so you don't have much options there. So you still won't be a Langren Hudson, do you? <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think there might be four or five changes, nothing too drastic. And the people who do come in won't be like, no unexpected like likely like said i can't imagine like we call up ava or anything like that from the youth system but um whatever know. we'll see but yeah i like to think that we'll win that game 2-0 and hopefully have a fourth round draw to look forward to that's what it's about it's about progression i don't care who we get um just want to win that's it so but anyway thank you all for joining in obviously we're, i think we've had a peak about 115 which is pretty mad for New Year's Eve, you should be all getting ready to go out and get drunk and stuff. So much appreciated <laughs> you coming on. Um, but I just before we wrap up, let's say um, last night, I think for all those fans, like Reese touched upon earlier, all those fans who had to deal with plastic banks who have never don't even know where Manchester is on the map, have never been to Old Trafford, told you when you're at school that oh, why you support such a terrible team, all come from London or in the southeast in my case, you no know, Peckham Reds FC. That was for you last night. You all deserve that. Oh, what a win. What a win. Up Happy the New Year. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2024 with a Blackpool review. And up until then, come on, you Reds. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your week. See you then. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.